After six hours of school, I fed it no for today. I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way. I play Hey everybody and welcome back to the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Finn. And I'm Jonty. We got Jonty in the house. Right. I hope everybody's been checking out our uh, NHL shutdown series. We've been doing uh, a short series of podcasts during the um, crazy COVID madness (laughs) that is uh, worldwide. While there's no hockey happening, um, we're trying to uh, do more regular podcasts, but a little bit shorter because we know most most people are not doing a commute anymore and don't have an hour and a half to uh, give to us once a week <laughs> so instead we're trying to keep these two around half an hour or something like that um, but bring them out a little bit more regular so you have something to check in with every once in a while to try and uh, deal with your hockey f- uh, fix um, which is you know what we're all about as well we're missing hockey and so we're digging into the vaults and trying to find some interesting stuff to talk about yeah hockey wise um, while there is no actual hockey being played by us or anyone else exactly so a couple of interesting things happening though today um, I wanted to talk about uh, this cool book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh yeah, and it's um, it's a it talks a lot about hockey in the beginning, and it's to do with um, you know predetermined advantages that you can have. Anyway, I'll come on to talking about that later. Um, big big one today. We got Scott Antcliffe uh, from Cliffy Snotes, who yes. joined us for the whole episode last time, is on again today. He's got a great friend of the podcast, Rachel Cartwright, yep. um, who is an amazing hockey player here in uh, the UK, plays for Bracknell Queen Bees and also GB. He interviewed her uh, for the podcast, and that'll be on in a little bit. Jonty's here. Uh, he's going to talk about um, one of the teams. He's been doing some research. What team were you going to talk about, John? I've been doing the Boston Bruins. Okay, we'll come on to that in a minute. And uh, there's some actual Leafs news. For once? Yeah. <laughs> Don't say for once. Um, well, but sorry, for the first time since the suspension of but the But we've season. been digging digging around for news. It's lean on the ground for sure. But there is some some Leafs news. We both saw it straight away last night, and, uh, and we'll talk about that as well. Anything else we're going to go? Is that probably it for now? I think that's it. Let's go. Right. Uh, let's kick off with that Leafs news, because that's hot off the press. Uh, it is indeed. Uh, I actually have a couple things. That the one that you don't know, you haven't seen yet. It came out. Oh right. Um, I'm pretty the sure it, mystery surprise. It came thing. out like four hours ago. Oh. So I don't think you've okay. seen it yet. No, I was. I've been asleep since then. Just ah, fair to enough. Yeah. Sleep off yesterday. The, this morning's hangover. <laughs> um. So first off, we have some signings. Uh. So Philip Crow. Uh. He's signed a three-year ELC. Uh. He is a defenseman, I think. Oh no, they're both. They're both defensemen. And uh, Christians Rubens uh, has signed a two-year ELC with the Maple Leafs. I believe he also played with the Toronto Marlies. So we've got a Marlies guy who signed an, a Leafs contract and uh, another guy who look, looks to play in the uh, WHL. He has uh, signed a three-year ELC with the Leafs and they're two defensemen. So hopefully they will somehow or some way uh, turn in something good from the Leafs decor. So. Right. That's all good. Those so are the two e- signings so there. So ELC, for those not in the know, is entry-level contract. Sorry, yep. And um, so where do we think they'll appear? Marley's? Uh, one of them already plays in the Marley's. Okay. But he signed a Leafs ELC. Leafs ELC, I got you. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, and then the other news. This is just a bit of an update. It's not like super like breaking news kind of thing. Um, but uh, this is by Jason Spezza. 
Okay. So his contract comes up at the end of this year. Oh. And no. he he has expressed uh, he has expressed a desire to stay on with uh, the Leafs. Okay. Uh, which is always good. Yeah. When you is. want a player to resign. Yep. Um, but they have yet to engage in any contract negotiations. Well, I think it's the wrong time, probably. I mean, it might be like you can look at it two ways, and everyone has time off so they can think about stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, this is also the time where people will just be sitting down. You'll have Dubash just sitting in his house, just chilling because yeah. it's Dubash. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then they they can negotiate contracts this way because, like, there's nothing else to do. That's true. Uh, and this is why you'll see some random signings everywhere. Yeah. Uh, because they'll just be like, oh, well, we may as well do something. It's interesting because obviously um, I was uh, messaging briefly with uh, Rach Cartwright the other day and she was saying, "Did you know, do I think, what do I think about the playoffs? Will they actually play the playoffs? And I have to say, with every passing week, I think it's a grim possibility that, I don't think it's gonna that anything will happen. Um, so that sort of neutralizes a lot of contract uh, discussions and things like that because you know you want to go into you, you want to base some of your performance from the playoffs and use that as a as a factor in your negotiation for a new contract or whatever right and so yeah. you take away the playoffs and you sort of take away that that opportunity uh, but who knows uh, fingers crossed anything's possible in this crazy world that we're living in at the moment um, so some interesting leash news and some, uh, you know, it's great that something's happening, some some signings happening. Exactly. We certainly certainly need uh, to pile up the uh, the defenders for next year. Um, Stop signing flipping forwards when we already have like, one <laughs> of the best forward cores in the entire league. And we really need some more defenders. Right. Uh, should we go to talking about the Boston Bruins? Because what I was going to say is that over the shutdown series... Um, we've been doing these short ones, and we started off by just putting it out to listeners and saying, hey, tell us about a team that you know or like or maybe play on or you're a fan of, and we'll dig into them a bit and find out a few more details that we could share with a wider world. Um, to those people listening out there, the figure that we like to big up is the fact that we can see from the stats that this podcast is listened to in 55 different countries worldwide. Wide, whoop, whoop. Uh, mainly the U.S. and Canada, I have to say, by a large margin, followed by the U.K., um, and then dotted all over the place. And so who knows what, who really knows about any particular um, team? So we've talked about teams from um, Canada. We've talked about teams from the NHL, OHL. Uh, we've talked about teams, uh, women's teams from here in the U.K. We've talked about uh, elite teams here in the U.K. We've talked about Midwestern Junior B uh, in Ontario. All sorts of teams, and we're going to keep doing it. So if you want us to talk about a team, whether it's your team or just a team that you really like, just hit us up on social media and we'll get to it. So one that we've been putting off for a little while as Leafs fans is uh, somebody who wanted us to talk about the Boston Bruins. And um, so they're original six team, so we're down with that. And Jaunty's been digging into it a little bit, and uh, and he's going to f- tell us what he found out. Jaunt, over to you. Okay, so the Boston Bruins are a profes- professional ice hockey team based in Boston, USA. They compete in the National Hockey League, the NHL, as a member of the Atlantic Di- Division of the Eastern Conference. The team has been in existence since 1924 and is the league's third oldest team overall and the oldest in the United States. Cool. Uh, now, let me ask you this. How many times have the Bruins won the Stanley Cup? Uh, they've won it six times. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, who's the head coach? Um, Bruce Cassidy. Right, okay. He's a good coach. What about the captain? Who's the current captain of the Bruins. Um, 
Zdeno, Zdeno, Cara. Yeah, Chara. <laughs> Cara. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Right. What else can you tell us? Where do they play their games? Um, they play at the TD Arena. Okay, TD Garden, I think they call it, which I've always found ironic because, of course, the TD stands for Toronto Dominion. Uh, the Toronto Dominion Bank currently um, uh, sponsoring that arena. Um, and so they've got a couple minor league teams as well. Do you know who they are? Uh, so like the Leafs has the Marlies, the Bruins have some teams as well. Um, they have Atlanta. The Atlanta Gladiators, I think. And um, Pro- uh, Providence Bruins, I think, is the other team they've got. And so um, now they had a famous coach who uh, uh, coached them in 1974 and 75. Who was that coach? Don Cherry. Yeah, Grapes used to be the coach of Boston Bruins, those people that are Don Cherry fans like we are. And uh, some famous players uh, that have been there over the years and had their uh, jerseys retired. We'll, we'll go through a couple of them. Uh, John, can you can you tell us a couple of retired jerseys there? So, Eddie Shaw. Uh, yeah, he's one guy. Um, obviously, another huge um, hero of mine and most hockey lovers. Bobby Orr. Sure, Bobby Orr. Uh, Phil Esposito. What about this one? Cam Neely. Yeah. Um, and who else should we mention? Oh, this guy. Ray Borg. Yeah, Ray Bork. So, that's a quick whistle-stop tour through uh, the Boston Bruins. Um, loads of people know a lot about Boston Bruins. They're um, uh, one of the original six teams and uh, have had some super famous players and won the Stanley Cup six times. Jaunty, good job. Thank you. Right. Now I think we should jump on to getting to Cliffy um, and listening to that interview with Rachel Cartwright. So um, let's cue that up. Okay. Right. So I am pleased to announce that we are joined by Rachel Cartwright, Queen Bee's forward and a returning guest of the show. So thank you for jumping on, Rach. Uh, no worries. Good to be back on. Yep. So uh, obviously it's a bit of a crazy time for everyone at the minute with uh, what's going on. So how are you and are you keeping safe during this, uh, I guess, crazy time? Yeah, all good from my side. Uh healthy happy right now um just trying to do my bit obviously stay inside except for kind of exercising and an exciting trip to the supermarkets every week yeah oh absolutely the uh, the weekly adventure to the supermarket where it feels like it's some type of krypton factor challenge or something like that Exactly. <laughs> so, um, what sort of things are you doing then, obviously, day-to-day to keep busy other than, um, you know, I know you work from home, which you, you're quite lucky to, to do, um, as are, you know, a lot of people. So, what else do you do to pass the time? Yeah, um, I, I guess, yeah, mon- Monday to Friday, quite normal. Um, so, still working uh, as, I, as I normally would from home. But um biggest thing for me, to be honest, is, like, adapting, doing my workouts at home um, instead of being doing at the gym. So kind of trying to make the most be creative with you know the small amount of weight and space I've got at home to be honest uh, so just trying to keep up the fitness and then uh, falling back into playing sims <laughs> and uh, just trying to read a little bit more so yeah just ended up uh, trying to find a few things to keep myself busy with at the weekends because it's a little bit boring now without the hockey and stuff like that. Oh wow, Sims! That's a throwback. That um, I, I blame Sims and um, and games like Grand Theft Auto for my uh, my GCSE results not being as good as what they could have been. 
<laughs> but, exactly. But um, so recently this season, um, it, it's been, I guess, uh, an interesting season because there's been a really good battle between yourselves and the Solial Vixens. But then recently, the EIHA, obviously the governing body for, for most of the leagues here in the UK, have crowned uh, the Solial Vixens uh, champions, despite there being six games left to play, and then two would have been against yourselves as well. So how did you and the girls sort of um, find that decision, I guess? Yeah, honestly, felt gutted. I think all of us did when the decision was made. Obviously, you know, with everything going on in the world at the moment, it, it seems pretty unimportant. But kind of like look back and think it's it's crazy. You don't really know when the last time you'll put your skates on for the season is. So, you know, I, I think it's made us all realise. You know, it's so important to enjoy kind of every moment we have and uh, you know give everything we can while we're on the ice. But. I guess like we're just trying to take the positives away from you know the three quarters of the season we we did get to play, and I think I, I'm totally confident to say I think if we'd have been able to finish the season, we would have you know we would have won it. Um, and I think in those twenty games, but it is what it is, and obviously the important to keep everyone safe right now. So yeah, uh, it, it was it was a blow definitely for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think? This should have been like um, a different outcome, or um, maybe like um, I guess like a series potentially at the start of the season between you two, or, or something like that, to decide it a bit more fairly. Yeah, it, it's so hard, right? I think um, there is there probably isn't like a fair outcome. Is that there's always going to be a team that might not be happy with the decision. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the leagues the EIHA leagues probably all at various seasons and like you said we had six games left over 25% of the, the league and we were due to play Solihull twice at home um, so there was still like a lot left on the table with one point between us um, I think you know for me I, my view is it should be made null and void but um, you know we just have to go with what happens and I think you know looking at it Solihull probably feel it's a bit tainted as well and they would prefer to win it outright you know through 20 games because there's always going to be that kind of you know well it, the league got short kind of comment back and uh, mm. so I, I don't think it was the best thing for anyone but I'm not sure what you know the other outcome could have been to be honest yeah sure so um obviously the the vixens they've been um winning winning games as well just as you guys have and um you know your history of um winning so successfully the queen bees is it made for more of a, a, a better interesting year because you've had such a close um battle with them yeah i think um you know past couple of seasons it's been pretty close between us uh and same for this one i think what it's come to now is it's such a shock if we do lose a game but yeah. that's probably just testament to you know our team and kind of the consistency that we have um you know like you said we've we won one against them. We lost one this season. So, um, and we've had loads of close games with them over the past couple of years, and it's intense and fun rivalry. Um, so, you know, we we love it. Those games are the ones we look forward to the most. Um, it does make the league more competitive, and I think it's better for us as players, development and success of the national team as well. So, yeah, definitely great. I think now it's kind of. Yeah, so I mean, it just goes to show how important confidence is in hockey because when you're winning and you're a winning team, it, it just you feel unbeatable, don't you? And that confidence just oozes out onto the ice, and everyone sort of plays with that spring of the step a bit more. 
absolutely. So, um, are you happy with your own personal performances this year, or do you think there's anything where you think, oh, I, I could have maybe played that a little better, or or, or whatnot? Yeah, um, honestly, like I think it took me a couple of games to get going, so probably after me five games in, I definitely wasn't happy with how I'd been playing. But, um, you know, one of the things that I think's helped us as well as a team is Nottingham Vipers, uh, who were in our league, were videoing and live-streaming the game. So we were able to watch a couple of games back and kind of pick out some points and things maybe we could work better on. And I think, uh, you know, past five or so games we've been in a really good groove and I, I feel really happy with my performances so again another way of you know it's gotten that we've kind of ended here because you know we as a team felt like we were in a really good rhythm yeah true um so has there been has there been a player on your team this year who you think has been like an unsung hero who maybe hasn't got the plaudits that they deserve yeah um definitely uh I'd say Nick Bicknell, uh, who's on our team. Uh, she, she had a baby last year uh, in the summer, and she's come back to play, and she's been awesome. Um, you know, contributed with goals, assists. You know, she's a smart player on the ice and makes it easier for other people. So, you know, I think probably doesn't get the, the plaudits that she deserves sometimes, but she's you know brings so much to our team. Um, and you know, I, I think. Uh, the, we don't want her to retire anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Is she any relation to Adam Bicknell, who's uh, played down that way for a long time? Yes. Yeah, brother. Ah, I thought so. Yeah. When you hear the names in, in hockey circles, you tend to think, ah, I wonder if they're related. And yeah, ah, cool. That's uh, a pretty cool story. So uh, in recent years, the NHL has, has included uh, the elite women's three-on-three game during the All-Star Weekend event. Previous to that, the school's competition with likes of Kendall Coyne um, doing extremely well do you think a similar thing should be done here in the uk maybe say at the elite league playoff weekend or the nihl playoff weekends yeah honestly i think i think that would be really awesome um get to kind of grow the women's game here and you know there's so many talented uh you know women playing um in the country so it'd be a great way to show off kind of you know what we can do um the thing i thought about was you know i think my ideal would be if we had like an all-star team from the women's elite league versus maybe um like a select team of GB players playing abroad because there's, there's so many uh, amazing players as well playing in America, Sweden. So it'd be a great way to kind of showcase you know British talent um, at, at one of those tournaments. So yeah, definitely, I think uh, a lot of people will be excited about you know something like that happening in the future. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea and hopefully, you know, we can maybe get the ball rolling and we'll try and push uh, push it a bit more on the podcast as well and hopefully get you uh, you girls the recognition that you deserve. Yeah, yeah so, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so um, obviously you, you admitted last time and uh, from seeing your Twitter feed as well that you're a big Liverpool fan. Um, how gutting then is it for you to have the season cut short by obviously the coronavirus for, for the Liverpool um, fans? Um, yeah, uh, just missing it so much, like all the football, um, you know, I, re- I really hope that they can figure out a safe way to finish the season. Uh, I guess, you know, the big difference probably was, you know, uh, hockey and then obviously what the Premier League is like is there's a lot riding on it in terms of the, the money uh, mm-hmm. involved, but also obviously the, the relegation and promotion between leagues. Um, you know, I'm sure Leeds fans would be pretty devastated if they don't get promoted this season um so you know i think there's a lot a lot of people um that are 
probably keeping their eyes closed on what's going to happen. But yeah, just want to see Liverpool crown champions, want to see the victory parade in Liverpool and all that. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll be gutted if it gets, uh, you know, put off kind of where it is, but we'll have to wait and see yeah absolutely and um, on a more positive note my uh, my bank balance has never been better without betting on bet365 and <laughs> the football accumulators and things like that i'm thinking oh wow it's definitely a, definitely a benefit to come out of it oh uh, yeah def- uh, well I, and i bet the uh, the odds are probably better than mine anyway but Yeah, they'll probably have to set up something like turtle racing on the back garden or crazy <laughs> things like that. So, um, anyway, a couple uh, tongue in cheek ones. Um, so, obviously, we're, we're during uh, we're in lockdown at the minute here in the UK. Uh, which two players on your team would you like to be stuck in a lockdown with, and, and why? I know it's going to put you on the spot here, but if you could just choose just two players from from the Queen Bees. Um, to be in lockdown yeah. with, who would you go for? Uh, so I would um, pick Summers, so Lauren Summers and uh, uh, Bonds, who doesn't technically play for us, but she still comes training, so she's our, our, our uh, kind of former goalie. But we uh, love going rollerblading together, so um, that could be our daily exercise, uh, going rollerblading. So I'd pick them too. Ah, good plan, good plan. Right, so now to put you on the on the spot and this one, hopefully you won't throw too many teammates under the bus, but which two players wouldn't you want to be in a lockdown with and why? <laughs> Any of the, the younger kids on our team, so I'd say uh, Emily Harris and Emma Nichols, because they have spent the entire time of this lockdown on the house party app. Um, and it would drive me absolutely insane so I, I would say them too yeah that's a fair reason uh, yeah it's hard to disagree <laughs> with that one so just looking ahead to the future are there any sort of targets that you'd like to achieve hockey wise whether that's um, personal accolades or whether that's um, going for that sort of temp temp title with the queen bees what sort of aspirations do you have for your uh, future in the game as well yeah um, I, I think like you know for now it focuses on same fit and you know preparing for next season you know who knows maybe maybe we get to do our playoff weekend that might be a bit optimistic but I think for now it's you know staying fit and staying in shape um but like you said it next season it's going to be all help you know plan is to go and win the league win the playoffs you know that that's where my focus is at so just kind of continuing to you know add value and deliver for for the team and try and get us back to where we want to be next year Yep, great. That sounds uh, sounds like you know great goals, and it's always good to have aspirations like that as well. So uh, yeah, we just want to thank you, obviously, for time for coming onto the podcast again, and um, hopefully, you know, you can stay safe, and um, we look forward to seeing the Queen Bees in action next season. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. Scott Ancliffe there interviewing Rach, uh, Rach Cartwright. Always great to have both those guys on the show. Uh, Rachie's been on a couple times, and um, as listeners will know that Scotty is on most episodes with us as well. Uh, he's not on today because he was busy doing that interview. That's hot off the press. That happened just earlier. Great, Always great to hear what Rachel has to say because she's such an awesome player, and uh, it's such a, such a, uh, a treat to have her on. Um, but I want to move on to talking about um, something I mentioned earlier, and that's Outlier's book by um, Malcolm Gladwell. And now, really interestingly, or coincidentally, uh, Rachel was re- just reading the same book at the same time I am. So both reading it at the moment. Or she oh, might, yeah. I think she might have just either um, reading it now or just finished it. Anyway, whatever. 
Um, and so the uh, the story actually is about um, how things in your life um, can be somewhat predetermined that you think you have influence over, but you really don't. And um, and he starts off the whole book, and it's a really great read. Um, anybody, um, um, it's a plug for his book and everything else. I don't know him or whatever else, and hopefully he won't be mad about me talking about it. Um, but it starts off using hockey in Canada as an example of what he's talking about in this outlier thing. Okay. And so he talks about the fact that um, in Canada and uh, and North America, and in fact most uh, you know hockey uh, nations, there's a this enormous web of teams and the system that seeks to find all the talented young people right to the very four corners of the country. And he uses the Canadian system as an example and how um, the ho- hockey from the professional leagues reaches its tentacles, if you will, reach all the way out to the smallest little community, to the smallest rink somewhere, and they find the talent, and that talent can be funneled up to basically major, uh, major A hockey. And, uh, and from there, you step into the likes of the OHL and everything else, and from there, um, possibly making it into the NHL. And so in theory, it's such a, a, a wide and advanced system that no talented people don't get discovered, Yeah, is the idea. And so um, then he gets on to talking about um, how actually a lot of it has to do with the month that you were born in. Okay. And so... What, where, he, where he, the example he uses is there was this um, game for the Memorial Cup, uh, which we've talked about in the past. Um, you know, for example, when uh, London Knights won the Memorial Cup with Mitchie on the team and whatnot. And you went and then saw the Memorial Cup. Yeah, yeah. Dan and I went and checked out the cup. Um, and so uh, there was a Memorial Cup game between, I'm going to say, the Medicine Hat Tigers. And I'm trying to remember the name of the Vancouver team. Uh, who would it have been? The Vancouver, someone or others. Who's the Vancouver? Um, who's the Vancouver team that would have been? Uh, whatever. I can't remember what they're called. Anyway, anyway, Medicine Hat versus Vancouver, and uh, sitting in the uh, he's sitting in the audience and he's looking over the um the program and it has the, all the uh, birth dates of the players in there. Okay. And so he notices that there's this pattern. And the pattern is is that 40% of the players have been born between January and March, so at the very beginning of the year. 40%. That's a lot. So almost half of them on the ice are, were born between January and March. 30%, another huge chunk, born between April and June. So that's, if you add those two together, in the first half of the year between January and June, 70% of the players playing in that game were born in the first half of the year. And 20% born between July and September, and 10% born between October and December. Now, without getting too deep into the book, because you should, re- everybody out there should read this book. It's really interesting. Basically, what he's saying is, is that if you are born at the beginning of the year, the way that the age brackets for each league arbitrarily cut off, if you're born in the beginning of the year, you have longer in coaching. And so for the kids that say, like yourself, born in December, <laughs> by the time that you would, you would join, all the January kids have had almost 12 months of coaching and playing in that year. Yeah. And therefore, if they've already been um, put into sort of ability groups, even if you think about beginner hockey and stick and puck and learn to play and all that sort of thing, 
all those kids will be well in the top group and getting all the real focus and attention and whatnot. And that that persists all the way through that. So they're always that little bit ahead. They're always half a year ahead. And so some players have to really redouble their efforts and massively try and make that ground up. Yeah. But they don't even realize that it's happening to them at the time, that they're actually being prejudiced against because of the month that they were born in. Interesting. No, so, yeah, yeah. so there's way more science to it than that. I'm really massively over, oversimplifying, <laughs> right? So I started thinking about this, and I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder what that's like. So I'm. Uh, so you're December, yes. which puts you in the worst category. As Lit- far as literally concerned. the worst Ever. J- John T, when's your birthday? Uh, May. Okay, so you're a May one, so that you're in the first half of the year, so you're in the good category. Um, I'm a July, so I'm just into the second half of the year, which is not great. I asked Rachel Cartwright, and she's a June, um, June she was a June baby. Um, and so I thought, hmm, I wonder about the Leafs. Yeah. L- let's take a look at the Leafs lineup and see. Um, so basically... All the best players in th- in this guy's theory, the theory of outliers and all this predetermination, should suggest that all the best players in the league were born uh, between January and June. So let's take a look. So, um, Finn, you did a little bit of uh, research and uh, and pulled out all the uh, birth dates of most of the least leading lineup, right? Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm going to just whiz through them here for anybody that's listening. Uh, so you got Freddie Anderson, October, Jack Campbell, January, Jake Muzzin, February, Morgan Riley, March, Tyson Berry, July, Travis Dermott, December, Austin Matthews, September, Mitch Marner, May, uh, John Tavares, uh, September, w- Willie Nee, May, Zach Hyman, June, Andreas Janssen, uh, November, Kaspari Kapanen, uh, July, uh, and Alex Kerfoot, August. Yeah. So anybody that was totting up there and remembering that the theory of the best hockey players in the world were born essentially between January and March will notice that we have a grand total in that lineup of... Six out of 14 people there are born in the first half of the year. Okay, so you went first half of the year. So in the real sweet spot of January to March, we've got two players. Three if you count March. Three if you count March itself. Is that right? Who's the other person? So I got Jack Campbell in January. I got Morgan Riley in March. Jake, uh, Jake Muzz in February. Oh, Jake, oh yeah, sorry. Jake Muzz in February. I'm not even sure if I said Muzz in the first time through. Anyway, so yeah, three of those players were born in the sweet spot. Now, this could explain a lot of Leafs' trouble. Could it? <laughs> They're still really good. <laughs> I wonder if Dubas has read Outliers. Should we, as Leafs Nation, send him multiple copies of the book so we know that so we know that he gets the book and he's reading it? It's possible. It's possible. Listen, <laughs> I just think this is a really interesting thing, and I just wanted to mention it's a short episode today, so we won't dig any further into it. But hey, do birthdays? Does the month you were born in make you a better hockey player? Uh, we'd love to hear any feedback on that from uh, listeners. Hit us up on social media on our Instagram or Twitter, or uh, you can get a hold of us through our website or uh, at our email address, which is ukhockeyfam at gmail.com. Uh, Finn, what do you got? So I just Googled this. So Conor McDavid, arguably the best player in the NHL, voted by the players, best player in the NHL. He was born in January. There you go. But then you then you have Sidney Crosby. 
Yeah. It's born in August. That's interesting, right? So this is really interesting. So, um, listeners, let's let's dig some more into this birthday thing. Hit us up. Tell us when your birthday is. Tell us who your favorite player is and when their birthday was. And uh, we'll do a bit more an- analysis on this for uh, another episode. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we should jump off for now. We want to keep these ones short. Uh, we're bringing a couple out a week, so um, we don't want to make them too boring. But we will dig into some more hockey facts, more team stuff. If you want a topic covered or you want a team talked about, just get in touch with us through social media, and I can almost guarantee we'll get it on one of these NHL shutdown episodes. Yeah. So uh, I think we should sign off for now. Um, obviously, uh, stay safe out there. Stay in your house. If you're not a key worker, stay home. It's the best thing that you can do for everybody. The, the more that we stay at home, the quicker that this will all be over and we'll all be back on the ice. So uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks for all the hardworking folks out there that are keeping us safe. Big thanks to the NHS here in the UK. And uh, that's, uh, that's it for us. This is Shane signing off. Um, that's it for me, I think, actually. Okay. <laughs> I think, actually. <laughs> I think that's it for me. I don't know. I could be on later somehow. Uh, see you guys. Yeah. See you soon, guys. Is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old